Hey, it's Dan Harmon from Harmontown. I want to tell you about an exciting new podcast coming to Feral Audio called Launch Left. Rain, Phoenix, and Moon Zappa are going to interview extraordinary minds, mavericks, and pioneers in their fields. This season, Launch Left is going to celebrate nonconformists like Michael Stipe, Shepard Ferry, Spike Jones, Mario Batali, and many others. And those guests are also going to spotlight their favorite left-of-center emerging artists. So listen and subscribe now at feralaudio.com slash left, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do it however you want, man. That's the nonconformist part. Welcome to Please Be My Girlfriend. Welcome to Please Be My Girlfriend. We are glad to be with you again once more. I'm a host, David Harris. And I'm another host, Roman Presnell. Oh, guys, we're so excited to talk to you today about some things. Mm -hmm. We have some fantastic news about a guest that's coming up in the future. That is very true. It is you're going to be on the edge of your seat because I am... Well, I'm off the edge of my seat. I'm literally hovering in a seated position, hovering. It's pretty exciting. Why don't you tell them? We were, uh, so, uh, this week, uh, Thursday, my father, Pudge Presnell, is going to be visiting, and he is going to be a guest on the show, so get ready, because we are one week out from uh, the Pudge invasion, and this guy is a guy that, I've just got to tell you, if you thought I didn't give a fuck, <laughs> you were sorely mistaken, because this guy taught me everything I know about that, and he's the only guy I know that can leave me speechless. Like, he is such a quick-witted smartass. If I ever try to get in, like, a sort of joking, like, talk shit to each other competition, <laughs> he always leaves me being like, what? Fuck. <laughs> I cannot wait. Now, I don't know Pudge that well. Even from growing up with you, like, I feel like I don't know, have the... I don't have the uh, stories as as like a lot of your like elementary school buds did, or like Luke Eggers. And like, <laughs> well, uh, I think he was like nervous around, about like being around people because he was such a like lunatic. Maniac. <laughs> I like you, I better thing, not be near my son's friends. I'm dude, a bad influence. I love a good self-regulating <laughs> lunatic. I love that. He's uh, the man of the hour on that. He's always, like, had all these different... I remember, like, father-son bonding things we would do. Yeah. And, like, most dads were like, let's go to... Uh, you want to go see the Atlanta Braves game or something? Like, yeah, Dad. My dad one day was, like, got out of school, and he's like, hey, man, they're having the tough man competition up the armory. Bunch of alcoholics and stuff from the town are going to be up there fighting each other for money. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's all weekend up the armory, dude. I got his tickets. And I was like, cool. <laughs> oh, my God. A tough man. A local tough man. at the Now, the armory is something I loved from Watauga County. We had the armory. Yeah. It's a local military armory. Yeah, right? U.S. National Guard armory. And um, <laughs> I can, if I can say It was like story, a venue. Yeah. It's so funny. It sounds like. I don't know. You're in a weird town in a video game. Have you visited the armory? I don't know. It's just weird. But like, uh, do you remember in high school when uh, Seth Miller broke into the armory where a local oh, circus was yeah. hosting a wide zoo of animals? 
and he he stole he stole a camel and a llama from the armory. It was like twelve monkeys. They like released all these animals like out into society. <laughs> they he got was like so such, drunk. And Andy Natush was there. Oh, I love you, Andy. Andy listens to this podcast. God, he's uh, a fantastic one of a I kind. I can't wait guy. to tell you about his T-shirt company. I'm trying to get yeah. him to, to get some t-shirts out here. Well, it's artisan tees. We'll talk more about that mm-hmm. later. But uh, Andy, thanks for listening, man. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you, you you make some killer t-shirt designs. So cool. Yeah. So so now Pudge, there's one story uh, I remember uh, of you in high school saying that like you we're walking through the halls with some friends, and uh, you walked by like the bathroom. Like the one that's near the lobby in the high school. And like somebody, I forget if it was like Casey Parsh or somebody was like, Oh, yeah, I smell that. They're smoking oh, weed. Oh, I know in what you're bathroom. talking about. It was a party. Oh, okay. It was my first high school party. And and they were like, They're smoking weed in that room. And that your inner monologue was like, <laughs> Oh my God, that's what my dad's house smells like. <laughs> And then, like, you put one and one together. My whole childhood made complete sense when I got that smell. I was like, that's the marijuana smell? I was like, now I know. My dad always had this weird Crown Royal bag and it smelled like that, and I didn't know why I had that. Funny. And I remember, like, my dad used to love to play, like, Contra and Punch Out and uh, Mario (laughs) 2, and we would play together, and it would smell like that. And he would be like... Having such a good time. And I remember we were playing Mario 2, and he's like, man, this game's weird. It's like you get up on top of that pot, and it's like tiny. Then you go inside of it, and it's like a whole world in there. I was like, yeah, Dad, this is cool. And, like, we just had so much fun together. Like, it was such a good time. Oh, my God. Uh, and I it's all positive memories for me. Yeah, it's. this is going to sound – yeah, I feel like – Pot makes dads better dads. Yeah, totally, because they want to do the same shit as you did. Yeah, so he would have come down off his high horse a little more, like, (laughs) not been so professional and working all the time. (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, we used to go out to the lake, and I mean, just all kinds of, like, wild southern events. I remember all that stuff. And, of course, the main thing about me and my dad was that I was frequently used as a tool to pick up women. It was very well. Like, it worked. Like, I started to learn my role and, like, get better at it on my end as far as, like, hooking him up and, like, saying cute shit and stuff. So Tell us the time fun. when that happened. We, um, I do remember one time, actually, that is, is similar, but not really, is that I actually got confused as to, like, which girl was which. Because, like, my dad didn't tell these girls he was seeing so many different girls. <laughs> but I was only, like, five. Right. And, like, uh, it was just a grown-up woman. And there were so many. And I would, like, get our memories crossed. Sure. So I'd be, like, we'd all three be hanging out be like, hey, Julie, do you remember when we did this? And she's like, nah. <laughs> start sweating. And I'm like, nah, Hopefully last week. And he's like, nah, nah, that was, <laughs> we're out, that was your aunt. You know, I was like, nah, that wasn't Aunt Linda. We were... He's like, yes, it was. Shut up. <laughs> and then you're like, Kelly. <laughs> Call her Kelly right there. Yeah. Oh, man. That's but that so says funny. a great deal about him. Oh, man. I can't wait till he shows up because there was a good chance he'll probably tell a joke to you. Oh, yeah. And um, I actually want to let you know the jokes ahead of time to create dramatic irony <laughs> okay. for uh, 
the listeners when he actually, if in case he does actually tell one of these jokes. Uh, okay, great. These are his two go-to jokes when he's talking it. to a male the first time he meets a male. <laughs> oh, I love this so much. He'll first he'll be like, "So what? What do you do?" And if you say like, "Well, I'm an actor," he's like, "Oh yeah, I think I saw you in a, one of them porno movies." And you'll be like, "Okay," and he's like, "Yeah." I just wanted to ask you, how'd you get that whole dick in your ass? That's his first one that he'll ask you. That's his first joke that he'll throw down on you. What? Uh, so that's the twist. That's his wait, Shyamalan twist. Wait, should we tell them what I'll are... say as I'll respond? So it's be yeah, more dramatic yeah. irony? What I'd be is like, well, I tugged on it. <laughs> I tugged on it hard and worked on my butthole getting wide. Now right here's where he's going to start laughing like this. <laughs> And then he's going to start making like a bunch of one word jokes that don't make any sense. Wait, what does like, that mean? He'll just be like, right on, yeah, tug, tugging. <laughs> just oh like getting my down God, in there. Already. I love that. Okay. Now, the other no, right, option. Now, don't, yeah, and let me respond to this one. Let me see if All I. Right. And then we'll see what I would say and see if it matches up. Well, hey, David, uh, I was uh, going to let you know I'm uh, getting ready to start a whorehouse. See if you want to run it with me. Oh, man. Well, I mean. It sounds a little out of my mind. Oh, league. no, it's fun, man. You got, we're going to run a whorehouse. Okay, just I guess so. All I, time. Guess I'll, I'll I ain't gotten a horse yet, so you're going to have to run it by hand until I get some. <laughs> well, my hands are good and calloused from playing the guitar. So I'll, oh, they'll be perfect for hand jobs on men who pay money. <laughs> Is that what he's going to say? <laughs> Probably not. That's really funny, though. But, yeah, so that's what you have to look oh, forward yeah. to is this whole conversation that was one interesting you're he one time pudge asked you to pee for him right yes he did when i was in high school my dad so my dad was like trying to get some kind of state supported job or something i don't know what it was some kind of thing where he had to take a drug test and uh at this time my dad was just at like the very end of his like lively wild times like my dad has lately like in the last like decade reformed into you know, he like he's like a recovery counselor for addicts and stuff like that, and he does all these really positive things. But back then, he was still like the height of like his wild, like redneck outlaw behavior. So he comes to me after high school one day, and he's like, "Hey, uh, tonight we're going to ride up the house. I just need you to do this little thing for me. It ain't really no big deal." And I was like, oh, "Okay." He's like, "Yeah, I just basically just you're going to pee in this cup." <laughs> And I'm just going to hang on to it. And I was like, what now? We're, I'm, why am I going to pee in a cup? He's like, it's just this drug thing, this test thing that they need me to do. And I've been sick. And like, and he was being so weird about it. He kept coming up with these like excuses. Like, you know, I can't do it because I'm on this medication and it'll show up as this other stuff. So it'd just be easier all around if you'll just pee in this for me for this this officer to collect and i did it i was like i just didn't know i was like well family first it was like what i thought in my head and like i was i felt so uncomfortable and i didn't feel good about it but i just did it anyway and i actually like now it's one of my prouder moments was yeah. peeing in that cup you, for my dad yeah you definitely stepped up yeah. for the family totally and then like now i would probably piss in a cup for a stranger because i just hate that shit so much i'm like oh fuck you i'll beat the system i love to beat a system sure man i yeah i'm gonna offer my services to that homeless guy down there that's always off the gower exit um, you, you ever need somebody to pee in a cup for you i'm there hey you ever need a serious job interview and you uh need to pass a drug test <laughs> no 
Can I have a quarter? <laughs> no. Oh, man. That guy. Whew. That guy I've seen for now seven years. Yeah. In LA at that spot. Whew. That's like a high contention. One thing I've noticed about living here is that they're like certain corners, but sometimes they're frequented by like the same three guys. And I always wonder like how they decide who gets it when. Yeah. Like I feel they've got to be like in high contention. Do they have a schedule or is it? I, I mean, they might be allies. They might they, be. They like may a, have like a place where they guard. A union. Yeah. And like, you know, one of them stands watch there and raises money. And then while the other two go back and, you know, you know, like business, live the under business the manager. <laughs> yeah, the business manager. And when he comes back in, a lot of times it's a big problem. They sneak in money. You know, they don't report all their earnings. Mm-hmm. So they might, you know, break in to, you know, 75. Can and you imagine filling out like a fucking tax form claiming you're like begging wages? <laughs> <laughs> like if you were just the most like respectable, like you just wanted to be the most legitimate like panhandler in the world uh is this h&r block sign says h&r block uh we're closed <laughs> please let me in i know my clothes look gross and smelly and i have pee i do have pee on me please can we talk <laughs> just for a moment what can i do for you i cannot have another audit <laughs> Is that how you became like this? Was oh, yes, that was it. You knew it immediately. Look, I need, I need to report all my begging money for the fiscal year 2012. Do you have receipts? Yeah, I took very meticulous receipts. <laughs> well, set it up on the table. We'll take a look at it. Okay, I'm sorry that... This pad, it has a lot of pee on it. And so, Don't put that on the table. Okay, Why don't you just, just hold it up? <laughs> that would be good. All right. It looks here like you've made $73 this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You do not have to file. It's <laughs> the first thing I will tell you. <laughs> the, do you still have that $73? No. I, I can't say I'm surprised. There's a free clinic down the street is the next suggestion I would make while you're out. Just oh, you're giving me life today. advice. Well, how dare you flip flip this table, <laughs> chairs through windows, jump out. Lawrence, you're fired. <laughs> you let that mad hobo in here. Oh, man. I guess but I'm going to work so, with him. So you shouldn't file your beggings, mm-hmm. your panhandlings. Because yeah, panhandling think... is a federal offense. Is it really? No. I mean, it's illegal in some way, right? Uh, yeah, I think most of the time, but but it's on like a city level or yeah. something, right? Or I don't know. I don't know. It probably is. Yeah. So um, for our listeners that don't know, I think everybody knows this. I think I've talked about this before, but I used to be a high school theater teacher about six or seven years ago. Yeah. And uh, taught high school theater. And after that, I was, uh, for a little while, I was uh, running this kitchen in the sports bar. And so I was out, like, in the sports bar one night after I got off work having a beer. I'm watching the TV, and it's the World Series. It's like the post-game of, like, game four of the fucking World Series of baseball. Uh-huh. And they're like, well, let's talk to the hero of this game, hero pitcher Madison Bumgarner. And I'm like, that was he was in my class. He was just one of my drama students, and he was, like, being interviewed for being, like, a hero in game four of the World Series as a pitcher. And wow. how had I not been informed of this until that moment is what like 
in this small little town and like this little community how is nobody like oh hey madison's playing not even just like hey he's actually in the mlb now Nothing. I heard not a word until I just saw him on TV. That must have been a wild feeling. Yeah, I felt a little proud, too, because I was like, I kind of taught him those people skills he's using. So, uh, I recently, for for this audition, had to come in with a guitar and uh, like play some folk music. And like the day of, I put, it, put off preparing for it. And the day of, I was like, well, I'm just going to come in and play some original folk music and started writing this song called River Boa Git. And uh, I wrote the, this first verse Love for it. it. And I went in and just played the first verse and then thought it was a shitty audition and just like kept, but kept on working on the song. And now I wrote a full song called River Boa Git, which is the result of having this audition. And I want to play it now uh, from start to finish. I think I can. Dude, uh, I'm primed for it. Um, is that- I speak. I I'm not even going to ask or say. I think I speak for. I know for a fact I speak for all of our listeners, regardless of what they may say. That we are pumped about listening to this right now. All right. <laughs> On the bayou, I can see you. You listen to me, don't you lay your eggs down here on my bayou? You take them somewhere else. Hey, river boy, get make me so mad I wanna spit. Got a belly full of eggs. Got took away your legs. I don't trust you for a bit. Sullen morning, twas the funeral of my kin I closed my eyes and held my head up And I saw my boys again They said, Daddy, don't fret for us up here We got all the Bible promised us Now we don't sleep in fear Hey, River Boa, get You took my family as they slept Full of spawn, heart as rotten as the day is long. I don't trust you for a bit. Hey, River Boa, get make me so mad I wanna spit. Got a belly full of eggs, got to go away your legs. I don't trust you for a bit. Get lost. If you wanna read it, hey River Boa, get make me so mad I wanna spit. Got a belly full of eggs, got to go away or legs. I don't trust you for a bit. Hey River Boa, get make me so mad I wanna spit. Got a belly full of eggs, got to go away or legs. I don't trust you for a bit. 
there are a few things I love in this world, like I love that song, by the way. Man, thank you. I'm going to release an official version, one where I don't fuck up the bridge part. <laughs> Man, that's a great preview, though, to say the least. That reminds me of uh, one thing I did want to talk a little bit about is uh, Doc Watson. Man, Doc Watson. Uh, one of the best guitar players to come from North Carolina. Yeah, just a little bit of a personal hero of mine, and Dave and I have talked about him before, and like just his influences and... Uh, Doc Watson was a uh, Grammy winner from uh, uh, a small town in North Carolina, and uh, he was a master of, uh, I think he did a lot of uh, flat picking. Yeah, he had finger pick style Mm -hmm. and and flat pick style, where he had like um, these uh, things that you put on your fingertips. They're like these metal or plastic like picks that are molded for your fingertips, and they basically make each one of your fingers have like a pick attached to mm-hmm. them. And I think he did a lot of that. But I think there's different variations. You can do like one on your thumb and then your index finger and your middle finger or all your fingers. But uh, he was blind and... Yeah, he got a disease and he was a baby, so he became blind. Oh, is that right? So he actually could see very, very briefly mm. when he was a baby, but... Wild. I always wondered like if you have memories right. like clear memories of vision if that's all you got was as a baby and then like how those things would be perceived by you now doc watson came to my elementary school because there you know it was the elementary school of his hometown deep right. gap and so like he would come by and play you know at the assembly and my dad would always stress the importance of this and how, like, what an important musician he was. And we were just like, I don't know, it's just this musician, this guy. Yeah. And you're also like, well, if he's coming to my school, he's probably not very good. Right. He's like, he's come to play to school. Oh, but I am so glad I got to see him multiple times as a kid. Uh, but anyway, he's his. He's got some of the greatest songs. If you listen to them, what's the one about the muskrat? It's muskrat, called Muskrat. muskrat. <laughs> oh, man, I love Muskrat. What do you smell so bad? <laughs> <laughs> I think the muskrat smelled bad because he was in the onion patch, well, as I recall. Well, he's digging up his onions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it could be that. It could be because he's also a dirty, dirty, nasty muskrat. I had... So, what a lot of people don't know about, like, old bluegrass songs, and they think bluegrass, a lot of times what they think is like, oh, I guess it's just a bunch of guys being like, bing, 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 moonshine, moonshine, ding, 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 which occasionally it is. Right. But, like, there's all these old traditional songs and, like, these really, like, intense stories, and most of the time they're really sad, dark stories that yeah. are being told. Yeah. So, I had these kids uh, hanging out with me the other night, and they were like... It's a couple of my neighbors, but they're uh, these three 19-year-olds. They're hanging out over the apartment, and I'm putting some music on. I was like, oh, do you guys want to hear some bluegrass and some Doc Watson? They're like, sure. So I put on this song called uh, Omi Wise, Uh and I play it for them. And Omi Wise tells a story. And they're sitting there, and they're getting into it, and they're really loving them because the music's so good and crisp, and Doc's voice is so great for, like, storytelling. So he tells a story about Omi Wise, and she's this girl that's in love with this guy, uh, John Lewis. and But he won't marry her because of the different social status, and she gets pregnant, and John Lewis says that he will – they'll run away together because that's the only way they can be now, together. He has lower status than she does. He has higher status than oh, she does. Oh, interesting. So she gets pregnant, and he says, okay, fine, we'll run away together. Uh-huh. So he's like, get your stuff together, meet me at Adam Spring, and we'll go. So she does, and they get in the carriage, and he drives down to where the de- the river is the deepest, 
and he knows that she cannot swim, and he pushes Omi Wise into the river to basically rid himself of what is now his problem of getting this girl below him pregnant. And she, in the story, is so excited that he's finally going to run away with him because she loves him so much, and this is what he does. And these poor kids are like... This is a fucking song you just put on to, like, listen to? They, like, could not believe it. And then, like, these two boys go fishing and pull the dead body in. <laughs> it's, like, in the song. Two boys oh. find the body and they pull it in. Oh, they put the body on a plank and they bring it into town and they just set the old bloated body in front of John Lewis. And he just breaks down and cries. And when he does that, that's how they know he did it. And at the end of the song, they hang him. That's the end. That's the story of Omi oh, Wise. Oh, my God. That's got some of that good old like old time religion and like mm-hmm. town judgment casting I mean like he started crying and that was enough to that's it yep, yep that's he it. did it we see the guilt man I, that story is haunting there are some great to- like tunes like that too like just so many oh yeah there's one I really love called a St. James Infirmary and it's just about this old cowboy who's a uh, he's just at the end of his life and he's a uh, feeling bad about all the bad stuff he did and there's one line in it where he says uh he's making requests for what's going to happen at his funeral he says he wants uh 12 pretty maidens to throw lilies on his coffin so they can't smell me as they cart me along and it's like he's so worried that like his past sins are going to create a stench and like an odor that he wants these flowers thrown on the it's just really cool and like people i think a lot of times they think bluegrass they don't think about like how crafted the storytelling is and like how like really really deep and stuff these things can be but it's yeah. like a whole people's culture and tradition um i mean like i've got to admit i i i like a lot of that stuff when i hear it but i'm not ex- that exposed to it like what i think really attracted me to bluegrass was just how uh, really virtuosic it is it's ve- like as a as a, a genre of music it's very like um uh, uh requires a lot of like technical proficiency to be good at bluegrass you got to be like a really good rhythm yeah it's uh, not easy and like i've seen a lot of people try and that's what they did was try um i just listened to this bela fleck recording where he's an amazing yeah. he's a stud uh, uh, <laughs> yeah a banjo player and he was playing with this cellist, Edgar Meyer, and this percussionist whose name I don't remember. And all three of them just were incredibly fast and uh, virtuous. Anyway. Uh, Bela yeah. Flake is so fun to listen to. <laughs> like, a, completely. He really is. Excellent musician. Yeah, it's been a weird time for like us North Carolina folk because we had Doc Watson pass away in May. Right. And, uh he was born in 1923, so 89 years old, I think. Wow, yeah. He was up there. And then, not even a month later, Andy, Andy Griffith, Andy Griffith passed away. And he was from about, I'd say about maybe 45 minutes away from our hometown. Mayberry? Or uh, no, no. Mount Airy is the actual gotcha. town that he was from. But uh, uh, Mayberry is based on Mount Airy. Gotcha. Mount Airy, yeah, that's really close to us. Mm-hmm. And there was all kinds of weird stuff I read about Andy Griffith that I didn't know. Oh, when he passed away after he passed away. Like what surfaced? Well, it was it wasn't it was just weird about like the way his career was, like how he'd traveled around and done these TV shows, and like he'd been like kind of a failure until the Andy Griffith show, and then after the Andy Griffith show went off the air, he like struggled again for oh, a yeah. long, long time. Interesting. And it wasn't until Matlock. Right, where he really right. like showed back up in the uh, media again 
but every single source would always like when they were talking about the life and times of Andy Griffith, they were always paired with this like chart from like the Nielsen ratings in like the eighties. And it was always true that like Matlock would come on and people who were like seventy years old, it was like ninety four percent viewership <laughs> it was ridiculous. But, yeah. Like old people were buying TVs to watch Matlock. Right. It's like when a great game comes out on PlayStation Three and you, you go buy a PlayStation, PlayStation 3, Three just for the game. Old people did this with TVs just so they could fucking watch Matlock once a week. So they could see their old Mayberry uh, Yeah, old Southern sheriff. lawyer getting in there, uh-huh. charming it up. Man, he... Uh, I think he gra- was a graduate of Chapel Hill. Yeah. I think that I was think one of the... Correct. Yeah. Um, what else is, a, is true about him? He... Uh, He's been married like a bunch of times. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's a thing I didn't know either. Yeah, because he's got that kind of like... Southern, you know, father knows best. Yeah, kinda like you like know. in Andy Griffith, I think he was a widower. Oh, is that in right? The show, yeah. That's so helpful if you've got a handsome leading man. That way, mm-hmm. you can still be single and can go out. Yeah, on and still be likable and, and like el- have a kid bachelor. and yeah. right, yeah. You know, the death of one is so, such a useful convention for that. The first, the pilot of Full House. Oh uh, yeah, my my wife just died in a car crash. Uh Jesus Christ, and the three guys come, or the two guys yeah. come in to help him. And hey, then, rock star and pederast, help me raise my family. Right. And then after that episode, she's never mentioned again. <laughs> Even a little bit. You'd it's think they like, would have an episode where they're like, I miss mom. I really something. remember when mom was alive, and then she was instantly taken away from us in a car crash. <laughs> Remember how we weren't affected by it because of the, these goofballs? I should uh, reveal that one of my... We talk a lot with our guests, I feel like, about what they like to watch on YouTube. You know what I mean? Of course, YouTube's like relevant. Somebody, I can't remember who it was, but one of our guests loved to watch Wedding Proposal Failures. I think it may have been Joe. And uh, I think Kyle yeah, Kyle Joe. liked to watch just little like random kids that had like 20 followers. Like, Man, how did I get this grade? Just to find something <laughs> so specific. I like to watch... On YouTube, my favorite... Well, I have two favorite things on YouTube. One is old professional wrestling clips from the 90s. Fucking Like, to yes. relive my nostalgic professional wrestling. Like, I probably once a week, week watch Hulk Hogan joins the New World Order in 1997. Like, I would say once a week I watch that clip where Whoa, Hulk Hogan he becomes a bad in guy. NWO and becomes yeah. a bad guy. And it's like a Wait, huge, Roman, big deal. Are you gonna... I feel like... You or will be a professional wrestler before your life is over. <laughs> Somehow, I think I will be associated with the business. You don't, you don't think you'll actually be a wrestler? I don't know. You, I've got to admit, like I haven't been like watching any wrestling for like seven years. Yeah, well, that's probably healthy. You know, well, I think we're it like, got lame because they used to have cool names. It used to be it'd be like. This week, the Hitman takes on the Undertaker uh-huh. <laughs> after Superfly and the Big Boss Man. And okay. Now they're like, this week's fight will be John Cena versus <laughs> Mike Smith. And I'm like, why are they? If I want to watch just two dudes fight, I'd watch MMA or boxing. I want them to be like supernatural, unrealistic representations of like ideas and concepts. <laughs> like that's what was so much fun about it. It's like Mr. Perfect was fun because he was perfect. The Ultimate Warrior was a wrestler who was billed as being from nowhere. He was from parts unknown. He spoke to spirits. He had no other name. Yeah, right. It was as if you believed.
believe that like he came to this arena to wrestle for money, but also like lived in a sweat lodge and like rode the planes. So last week we had the pleasure of having Miss Kate Behan drop by. Kate, 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 Kate. I'm kind of a dubstep her a little bit. Oh, I like that. Kate, 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 Kate. For a second, I thought you were doing the Pistons announcer. <laughs> what would it sound like? <laughs> oh, if I, I, can you or uh, the Miami Heat guy now? Chris Bosch. <laughs> is that that's not it, is it? It's like no, the Bosch is different. How does that guy do it? I don't know cool. the heat guy. He does much. a big like oh, like a like a Tony the Tiger start, but then it's like Bosch or something like that. <laughs> I used to love that dude Mason that did it for the Detroit Pistons, though. Man. Mason, yeah, he was Chauncey. And coming in next from the University of Kentucky, the Prince of the Palace, Tatatation Prince. It's like part of what you like about wrestling yeah. in the fucking NBA. He gave him these long introductions. My favorite was Rashi Wallace. And the, ta- the the crowd just going, weed, yep. weed, weed. <laughs> some people just yelling weed. Anyway, Kate Behan came by and Kate she offered Behan us some is cool, man. fitness and nutrition tips. Uh, she's, she is a fitness guru and a Pilates instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she had some words to talk she, about. Very, also about dating yeah, and guys. Yeah, very knowledgeable. She was fantastic, I thought. So here's some of that interview. Hey, uh, hey Seth? Paul? Yeah, let me take a look at this uh, internet right here. That's good looking. Good looking, Paul. You're using the internet. Yeah, I'm trying out that uh, tweeter. Man, uh, if you need to buy anything, Paul, before you go to Amazon, first go to feralaudio.com. Uh-huh. Click on the Please Be My Girlfriend page. Well, all right. And then kick, click on the link that says Shop on Amazon. And that way, it actually gives some help back to them two queer fellas who host the show. Man, them funny boys from the city? Yeah, they'll get a little bit to help them pay for that city rent. Man, I like that, you know. Even though they're funny, it's still cool that they're, you know, from around here. I appreciate yep. you showing me how to use that internet. Yeah, you know, like stuff. if you're going to put in another nail order, you uh, know how, uh, or if you're going to get any swim gear, you know how sometimes I need new swim gear, I go to swimoutlet.com. Uh, Instead, I'll just go to, I'll click on that, get my swimming that's gear. That's probably a good idea, especially so you get to help them boys out and you get your swimming gear. Yeah, <laughs> to give them a kickback. That's, yeah. that's crazy how that internet works. You can pay just about anybody for anything, feel like. I mean, if you need any uh, uh, metallic, uh, Metallica uh, albums, or if you need any uh, uh, Sudafed, <laughs> you can get it on there. Cool deal. It might That's be regulated. We'll it might be a little regulated. Well, probably not. That internet's a lawless place. We have the very talented, very beautiful Kate Behan with us today. Hi. <laughs> Kate, welcome to Please Be My Girlfriend. Thanks for having me. And I'm just glad that you were here. Honestly, we always love having lovely women on the show. Do you guys have a lot of ladies? I'd say we have half ladies, half men. Yeah, actually, I think that is pretty pretty fair. Okay. I don't think we discriminate at all. And so I think, but I was thinking about this the other day. Demographically, I'm starting to get like, we need more diversity on the show. Uh, You know what I'm saying? mm, I don't know. 
You don't know? Right, it's just one, we've got a good thing going here. <laughs> oh no! Mess with that, you know. This is how it starts. It's a. I just wanted to play into my uh-huh. insecure about being perceived as a racist. Right, right, that right. always We're happens to me. Before. Mm-hmm. Well, Kate, you yeah. are probably one of the fittest people I know. Oh. It's one of the many, many things I know about you. You are a Pilates instructor. That's been kind of the most recent way I've been interacting with you as yeah. I've been coming to this Pilates class. Mm-hmm. Holy <laughs> shit, you guys. You love it. I love it so much <laughs> because I sweat so I much. <laughs> it's more than anyone else. I, that's one of the things I wanted to ask. Is it more than anybody else? There's, or there's like... Well, no. I don't think any women sweat that way. No. Like, I don't think any women sweat that much. Right. Thankfully, And the class is mostly women. Yeah. Yeah. But I do have a lot of guys, too. And I think you are probably the most sweater, sweaty, yeah. sweaty I'm person. Sweatier. Number one. Yes. Number one. I love it. A I'm way so to be fucking proud of you right now. I can tell. He always forgets to bring a towel. <laughs> Every time I tell him to bring a towel and he doesn't bring one. I just think that means get high Don't beforehand. <laughs> Don't forget to bring a towel. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, so, but it's, it's one of the best things. You go there, you're an hour in and then you're done and you're just like, why is life so good? That's what you feel like. And then we take a photo. I have a question for you, though, which is from uh, this may be a surprise to you, but okay. I'm not familiar with Pilates okay. in a lot of ways. <laughs> and uh, okay. I've known about it for years. And I've like yeah. dated girls or no girls. Like, I'm going to Pilates or I'm going. But I've never known what it is. It's just a mysterious like thing they go to. I know it involves physical activity. Yeah. And that's it. Other than that, like, if you could see the inside of my mind as, like, what Pilates is, it's, like, insane, like, f- like doing human pretzels and, like, swinging from the <laughs> sky. Like, they probably fly or hover a little it's bit. like, and, like Focus energy. Yeah, it's because I have no idea what's going on. I just literally <laughs> know absolutely nothing about it. So I thought this would be, like, the perfect time for me to at least have a basic kind of understanding about what it is. Yeah, well... What I teach isn't traditional Pilates. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. This is Did you better. think it was? I don't. I mean, what would I? I have no frame of yeah. reference. I didn't know there were different Pilateses. Well, there isn't really. There's Pontius. <laughs> Hold on now. <laughs> Where you're throwing curveballs at me? Pilates, regular Pilates is like you lay on a machine and you like do little like circles with your legs, and it works all the muscles like in the inside between your ribs, basically. Like the tiny little Whoa, muscles. Oh, that's what like Pilates like not only there, but like specific... all over little tiny. But no, the what I teach is like more boot camp style. Like the yeah. guy that invented the style that I teach is Fabio. It's not Fabio, but he is basically Fabio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like a he was like a bodybuilder. So he was like, "What can I do?" Uh-huh. So the machine is really similar, and we do just like tons of lunges. Ask David. Oh, David I had no idea it was there was a machine at all. There, made, like I yeah. think a lot of guys go to the gym mm-hmm. and they make the mistake of approaching all these exercises in an isolated way and just increasing the amount of weight they can yeah. do. So they keep on doing the same sort of like basic. Um, kind of unconnected moves like they'll right. do like bench press or like leg squats or something like right. that and pilates you have to like engage your muscles for long periods of time and work on balance and it like causes all these other muscles you didn't really know yeah. about to just kick into gear and then that's when you start to shed 
water from your body. Shake. You shake and like, I every time I walk past you, I laugh and I don't mean to. Yeah, you do laugh. It's just funny because <laughs> I'm looking at you like I hate you and I win. Is this going to be over? I'm not, no, I don't I feel actually like you're hate smiling. you. Smiling, you're like smiling like a puppy, and I'm like. Try. And you make me laugh, and you come by and and and, and do and laugh I, like, at me. Adjust you, but you've come a long way. Do you hear that, everyone? <laughs> uh, no, but it feels like I'll never be good at it, and I think that's kind of the point. No. Nobody there can ever do it all right. Like it's always going to be work out for everybody. I feel like Lance. There's one guy, Lance, there who just can nail it. Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. He comes to your Pilates class. Yeah. God, I love Lance Armstrong. No, he doesn't. Sorry, I just lied about that. We, I was so excited. No, I French was thinking man. about that I don't trust people that drive brightly colored automobiles. And they probably have an STD. Wow. This kidding. is a good... I this think gets about us it. into the subject matter of our show about relationships. Why does driving a bright colored vehicle mean that you have an STD? Think about the person that drives a yellow Hummer. Okay. Who is that person? Well, a rich person. But also somebody that want is like, I have a lot of money, look. So they're rich and they want to show it off. So they're also like having sex with a lot of people. Then what if that, they're like what married rich? I, is I, I didn't follow you on that lady. <laughs> How did it go from they want to show off their money to they're having sex with a because lot of people? Because they want to be around, with a, they want to bring around a lot of good looking girls with them, different girl to every social event that they're at. And, it, and that's more likely that they're going to have sex? Yeah, I guess you're right. And more likely that they have an STD because these might be escorts. Mm. Are you a detective or Pilates teacher? I will not answer that right now. <laughs> when I first went into Kate's class the very first time, yeah, um, <laughs> you some uh, you were like, you want to take your shoes off, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And then the person <laughs> next to me was like, she was like, is this your first Pilates? Oh yeah, class? she was really chatty with you, and I was like, oof. And and I was like, yeah, it is. And she was like, and you're taking Kate's. Is that what she said? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's with your <laughs> reputation. Yeah. Why did you get pissed off that she was chatty? Because it was like, don't do this because in my I class? Because I think, no, I just think she's a weirdo. Oh, I don't like I weirdos. I feel like you run a tight ship and I like that. Oh, just yeah. Just in general? No, in just that class? Pilates Mentally, class. Mentally? Physically? I don't know how your my job. actual ship holding <laughs> skills are. But. Your ship is really tight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How tight is your ship? <laughs> well, sometimes I like to take down the sails and just You're go fly kegels? around. I don't <laughs> know what's about, happening. Float adrift. Yeah. And then sometimes I reel the sails in and I go into port and I get things done. This Sounds is like sex stuff, ship. right? <laughs> no. We're talking about... Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I'll say this, though. If you eat better, your body is naturally cleaner. If you eat better. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Like, and if you go, if you go vegan for a while at home. Did you go vegan? You are kind of. No, I eat meat all the time. Okay. But it's when I work, work out usually I try to, I don't, I don't eat meat that often, but when I do, it's like to supplement. Yeah, it's good. I like meat. Fine. Well, I've been in a relationship where like I've changed my diet because it's just like, well, whatever. We're dating now. We'll just go do eat, eat this. Oh, you've been like fatty? Yeah. I, when I get in relationships, yeah. I just turn into fatty guy. Because I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> it's easy to do that. No, because, yeah, it greatly impacts your the way you're eating the person that you're spending a lot of time with. 
I haven't found it yet, a long-term relationship where both of us are accountable for their own health. Because I feel like they both just say like, you're okay, I love you so much the way you are, and you just get that all the time, and then you don't feel the need to It's like, just be honest. Do you think anybody's ever been in a relationship and like, went up to the girl, like, I'm in a relationship, and I'm like, hey, um, I just know you've been working out a lot lately, and uh, it's just making me feel shitty about myself, and I wish, I thought we were going to get fat (laughs) together on this quest and like, get kind of lazy together, and like, I didn't get into this relationship to fucking work my ass off all the time. Right. You were cool with me staying up till 3 a.m. playing video games, and like... I was cool with you, like, getting a little fatter, and, like, I thought that was going to be fine for us. You think that happens? I feel like that has happened to me. And then people break up. Then they break up because they resent each other, because they really resent who they've become. What? That's happened to you? Yeah, like, like, (laughs) where you Which one were you? I'm saying what Roman just said. Yeah, Yeah, the girl has said that to me, kind of. Not the exact same way, but just right. like, hey, can, you know, like, we're, you we don't have to be. so skinny? Not so, so skinny, but yeah, like, this isn't as, as good of a match as if we're, if we're right. not that way. No, I can see that. Yeah. I feel like then you just need to break up. Yeah, because that's yeah, asking but, it to change something of yourself. Right. Which is, you know, that's fine. That happens. Yeah. Breaking so up. Don't do that. Fine. <clears throat> yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't say anything. <laughs> Look, ladies listening and guys listening, everybody, just you got to know yourself first before you date is what I think. Yeah, completely. Good luck. <sighs> it's a hard quest. Uphill. I know someone that got a a DUI on a golf cart. Oh, that can happen? Yeah. I thought like a golf course was like international waters. He like, wasn't on the goes. golf course. Yeah, I think that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was just in public somewhere. I don't somewhere, think he was driving right? on the highway, yeah. but oh. this is in Jersey. Oh, he just took a... Oh, that's that's really embarrassing. <laughs> it was... What was he... What did he look like naked? Um, I don't know. Oh, I but thought... he was bald. And you dated this guy? No. <laughs> I swear I didn't. What, what, what did he do around Christmas time? Did he take you to his parents or did you go to your parents? No, I can't even joke like that because <laughs> I can't. Because he, yeah, I just can't do it. Because too, it reminds you of what it was like. No, I just, I just know him. No, that sounds terrible. Like I just, biblically. He like hit on me and he's older <laughs> and like, he's creepy there. Yeah. Well, he's a drunk guy in a golf <laughs> Cart. Yeah, yeah, you should have known. But that's good. That's a good story. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's that's not a bad way to go to, to get die. a get. <laughs> yeah, hell no. I mean, if you want to go out, oh yeah, it's such definitely a rock like star. A pretty, yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> I mean, it's a bluegrass rock star death. Doc oh, Watson man. is like a personal. Oh hero yeah, mine. Doc like, Watson really? is amazing. Yeah, he's Thank the you. he's the guy who got me into finger pick guitar. Yeah. But he's also he played at my elementary school when we were little. Amazing musician. If you guys, yeah, I remember chance. stuff like that. It was cool. You know, he's like when, uh, especially like my family is from like back in like the county back home in mm-hmm. North Carolina. That what that term back in the county means is you're the people that don't even live like in the city part. Like it's very country. Yeah. So we're like, oh yeah, we're in, we're out in the county. That's where we live. That's how you'd say it. But uh, out in the county, folks do all kinds of out in the county things. <laughs> Like, I remember being a little kid, and it was really weird because I went to, like, the big urban 
kind of elementary school in our town or as urban as it can be but it was like the biggest elementary school we had and it was mostly like the children of the professors at the local university and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. it was these like you know very much like town kids and i was in there like hey oh we're jim dip dip skip dip nobody (laughs) ever knew what i was even talking about but so that was like my culture at school and it it all got married together in a very interesting way, I think. But I remember being like a kid and my grandma would have a giant like five gallon bucket full of green beans. And it was like all day long, like she would bring them into the house. It was like, oh, crap, it's green snap bean day. Those green beans. You have to, yeah, you have to string them, them and snap the ends yeah. and like just sit there. And uh, my great grandma would do that and she would sing songs. And that was how a lot of us learned how to sing like a lot of these old mountain spirituals yeah, and yeah. mountain songs and hymns that to this day, like when my grandfather passed away, I sang a song at his funeral and uh, stuff like that. Like, I mean, just these songs and everybody knows them. Like, you don't remember being taught them, but all the right. out in the county folk mm-hmm. know all the songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always talk about one is um <clears throat> Down in the Valley to Pray, which is uh, how Doc Watson did it. But a lot of people know it. Especially fans of like, oh brother, where art thou? No, I know. I was going to say, I down like to I the know. river to pray. Mm. Oh. But see, up in the way up in the mountains, like we don't have like rivers flowing everywhere. Right. We're on top of a mountain, <laughs> so we go down in the valley to pray. Valley. That's where. But I learned that version from Doc Watson, and that was how he yeah. sang. It was down in the valley as opposed to down to the river. Roman, do you have any stories where Pudge uh, did something? Like really funny or remarkable, um, you know, and funny or imparted some wisdom to you that we have not yet heard. Man, he has um, always been throughout his life imparting wisdom unto me. Let me give you a suggestion. See if it goes from there. Tire. Tire. I do know um, one thing. My dad used to. This was a, a piece of wisdom, a tip he gave me back when he had a pickup truck, uh-huh. which he thought this was like an ingenious idea. But he was like, so what I did was I just took me a five-gallon bucket and rigged it up with a string, put it back in the truck, and the bed of the truck's rusted out right there in the middle, got a big hole in it. So if I'm ever got cops or something behind me, I just jerk that string, five-gallon bucket full of nails tips over, and they all just fall out down under the truck and bust up the tires, and that's how I get out of there. Which is a true story. He had a rigged five-gallon bucket of nails on a string design. It was like a spy hunter was device. A spy like hunter. he would just, and that's what he would do to get. He has so many great, like getting away from the cops in a car stories. Are you serious? Yeah, he would park and use car lots and get out of his car and hide under it and stuff like that. Oh, like all kinds wow. of wild shit. Yeah, he's an outlaw. We got to ask him when he comes uh, onto the show this week. Ask him about times that he's hidden his car, got away from the cops. He'll tell you about it. Oh my God! It'll be wild, man. He is—he was definitely a wild outlaw now, or back then. Now he's just like—he's still wild, but he's like, for the most part, law-abiding. You know, yeah. now most of his like outlaw maneuvers are like, I'm building a new bathroom on the house, and I don't give a damn what the town thinks. I ain't getting that put up to code. That's Permit. like how his outlawing is now. He's expressed like, now. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Um, okay, let me give you another suggestion. See if it, if it makes you think of a Pudge story. Book. Book. That's actually... <laughs> this is a very recent Pudge story that I like. So when I moved out to North Car- or to uh, California from North Carolina, I flew. So I couldn't bring like a whole bunch of shit. So I had to get rid of all my stuff. Sure. 
So my dad is like, also, he and I have this one thing in common where we love, like, if I see somebody moving out of the apartment next door or if I see a bunch of shit being put on the curb, I'm, like, out there digging through it. Like, I love free shit. Like, I love moving trash and stuff like that. Uh. Oh, moving trash. There's no food in there. It's just lots of shit somebody's throwing away. I love it. And he's the same way I am. So he's, like, vulturing my entire, like, apartment while I'm, like, packing up. And I found this book, and I was like, oh, I bet my dad would like this. I'm like, hey, Dad, you want this book? And he's like, well, I, don't, I don't care for books. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, no, I think you'd like it. It's called The Alphabet of Manliness by this guy Maddox, this web, this internet sure, we guy. we got to have George. We know him, and we got to have him on the podcast. We did, I would love to talk to him about this. I, I have a copy of Alphabet of Manliness as well. I used to. <laughs> oh, great. Please go on. So Pudge picks this book up. Now, keep in mind my dad, and he's coming to visit this week. I had to get his flight booked for him and everything. He doesn't know how to use the internet, really. He doesn't know anything about being online or something. So you take a guy with a crass sense of humor, just loves being a man who's kind of an outlaw, who's never experienced the internet, and you hand the alphabet of manliness to him. I swear to God, I've never watched him laugh so hard in my <laughs> life. And it was like a child, like showing off a book to their mom. He's like, look at this picture. Hey, look at this one. Hey, listen to this. And he's just reading it constantly. And like, he would not stop fucking with it for like two hours. And he's still to this day, my sister, when we talk on Facebook, she's like, Dad's still reading that damn book, that oh alphabet book. He always reads it. He takes it all over the place. And all his friends love it because they don't have the internet. They're just like hill people that just hang out. So it's just so funny. It's like basically a book that just is internet comedy. And just seeing that, like the reaction of a person for the first time that never had any internet experience was so awesome. Uh, we that's what that, we got to do that. We got to get George on the podcast. Yeah, totally. That's a goal. All right, guys. Well, it's been another fantastic session with you. It's been great, everyone. It's been good getting to know your dad uh, in a third-party way. Is that right? No, in the third person? Yeah, I think it's sort of a Mad Cat's Sony PlayStation peripheral way, third party. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a while. Don't worry, I was on there. We've got enough nerds. Somebody will love that joke. Uh, Mega Nintendo <laughs> controller. That's how I end my stand-ups. What? Somebody out there will love that so- joke. Don't worry. It's, it was good. This was a good set, whether you got it or not. <laughs> but we are excited. Please visit us again next week because... I cannot stress to you enough how excited I am about this episode featuring Pudge Presnell. Pudge Presnell is coming to Los Angeles. This will be a podcast unlike any other. How is I can this not guarantee an SNL that movie? You. Pudge Presnell is moving, coming to Los Angeles. <laughs> uh, we cannot wait, guys. We'll have Pudge Presnell on next week. It Thanks is for going to be the best. Thanks for listening.
This outro features the music of the fancy. We are the fancy.net. of the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.